All right. After some co- after technical yeah issues. after some technical difficulties yeah <laughs> m- much much computer annoyance. <laughs> oh God! It took me like fifteen minutes to get like my computer to a state that it was ready to do what I ask of it. Stupid computers. Mm. Thought we'd work on all day, but you know whatever. It is, and then like what I don't know. My I've like this 2013 iMac, which by all accounts has mo- mostly been a good computer. Except when, like, I need it to change gears really quickly. Yeah, it doesn't like it so, too like, much, apparently. It does not. Like, it takes forever to open files. And, you know, files that are, like, empty. Like this right. GarageBand file I used to record. It's an empty track. <laughs> and I just have it saved as a preset for podcasting. Right. And once I save the audio file down, like, I don't need it anymore. I don't need the raw file because I have a an MP3 of it. So... I delete it and save over the the template, you know, or go back to, and it just takes like 10 minutes to open a damn empty file. God! <laughs> uh, I'm fired up. Tell us how you really feel, Derek. <laughs> I, blah. And then, and another thing, I was um, making dinner, and I was like, God damn it, this podcast still isn't on iTunes. Yeah, it's still a, that still makes no sense, but... It's, well, it's partly because, like, I have not followed up and figured out what it is that's happening, yeah. um, because I don't have a ton of time. Right. And then the other part of me is like, I don't care. You know, if people want it, they'll find it. It's on Anchor. It's on Spotify. I mean, it's on Google Playlist, or Google Podcasts. Right. It's, it's like, it's everywhere... Else, it's just not on the single largest uh, podcasting platform for some reason. <laughs> Which makes no so, sense, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, so that's super annoying. But anyway, like I said, this podcast is on Anchor, and if you're listening in the Anchor app, you can leave us a voicemail and ask us questions or talk about uh, talk about music that you want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we can throw that right into the show, which is super cool. Exactly. So um, this is episode seven of Shuffle All, and I guess if you're new here, I always I have this problem with my other podcast and, and podcasts in general. Right. Like, I always assume in the moment that like, what if this is someone's first episode? Right. And they don't know what it is the hell we're doing. But I also don't want to like do that whole like previously on yeah. Shuffle All, like right. every single episode. Right. You know, I don't want to have to go over that right but um anyway it's shuffle all and nick and i talk about the music that we listen to throughout the week and we talk about the music that we just really really are into right now yeah so we've all had those conversations where it's like oh you like so and so you know what you should really listen to is blah 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 and that's essentially what this is going to be exactly (laughs) we've been doing it for 12 years so why not continue it in a podcast format exactly so uh, episode seven is is coming at you. Oh, and there will be a in the show notes there will be a link to an Apple Music playlist and a Spotify playlist for all the songs that we talk about. Excellent. The most excellent. <laughs> <sighs> all right. I'm back. I'm good. You're good. <laughs> I'm with it. I think. Yeah. Good enough. Actually, I should mention I we had a show on Friday night, yes, and it- when I was loading my guitar amp into the car. Um, I must have done something to myself Ouch. because come Saturday and then officially Sunday morning, I think I, I threw my back out. Ouch. So it took a couple days for it to really like take hold of my life. Mm. So I'm still still working through that. But oh, yeah, there it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it 
it was it was a rough weekend. Yeah. But we had a great show. It was a great show. See, I actually got, got to, to see, see you and Taylor. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's get into it, I guess. Yeah. What do you say? So, what have you listened uh, to this week? Or past couple I listened, weeks, I should well, say. Past couple weeks, um, I listened to a lot of stuff, actually, because I don't... It was, I guess, two weeks, right? Right. Um, so, I, I listened to a lot of things, but all I want to talk about is the new Joey Landreth and the new Roman Clark records. Right. <laughs> that <laughs> Roman know? Clark well, record is ridiculous. Ridiculous! It's so good. I listened it's, to it like three times yeah. on Friday. It was so good. <laughs> it's yeah. It came out on Friday. I listened to it twice, and then over the weekend a couple more times. And man, it's just like it is the record I think he was meant to make. Exactly. Like it, it was like he finally had the opportunity, one way or another, whether it be uh, songwriting, like having enough songs, or. I don't know money to record them time or, or whatever time or whatever it was but he it all coalesced in onto this record it like and it grand is grand like, slam out of the park yes it is so so good and I don't know what my favorite song is because I just put it on and like and walk away you know I, I don't I'm really bad at song titles right. when a new album comes out um but it's it's so good and I still am struggling with how to describe the music it's like it's like R and B, I would say for sure. It's, yeah, um, some soul thrown in there. Soul and pop, and, and and some like highly polished, highly produced pop. Whoops! Um, <laughs> I accidentally started playing it. <laughs> oh, I was like, "What did I did I lose you?" <laughs> no, no, it, my uh, I was trying to open it up on on Apple Music, and it popped up, and it started playing the first track on me. Oh, nice! Yeah, <laughs> it's um. Like the harmonies and stuff yeah. are just super tight and super, like they're just really polished and, and super high quality. Yeah. But there's so much, it's not artificial at all. Like usually you think of those terms are associated with like negative connotations. Yeah. But it's, it's, um, it's just so intensely precise. Especially in modern pop rock music, pop soul music is the yeah. overproduction and everything like that. And, even if it's overproduced, it's it's produced so tight and so well that you just ignore anything that might sound overproduced, which it even really isn't. But it's just I, yeah. I was gonna say I wouldn't call this overproduced. No, it's I'm like, just, if, if I guess if someone's not familiar with it, they might. But uh, it's not nearly as yeah. overproduced as say the new Taylor Swift track that just came out. That's super overproduced. But like this is just hit you right in the core, soul, pop, rock music and it oh yeah i found myself dancing around in my office the other day just listening to it's got such a vibe like all i can say is it's got vibe and like you should listen to it the album's called scorcher and uh, i don't know maybe i'll put two tracks in the playlist (laughs) (laughs) so then um the friday before that joey landreth's new album came out it's called hindsight and uh to get ready for that i listened to his previous album whiskey and comparing the two i think hindsight is a way better record um but i think that that's not to say whiskey is bad at all because it's awesome but hindsight is like like whiskey was the springboard to make hindsight right and it's so good i think he's really pulling all of his uh like his whole resume of music experience onto that record because i'm hearing like a lot of his solo stuff that i see on youtube or from 
like you know the whiskey sessions basically right as well as there's some more produced stuff like the brothers landreth so it's just got it all and there's so much again so much vibe right i haven't listened to it yet i do have whiskey oh really yeah. okay i have whiskey i even have it on vinyl autographed <laughs> Ooh. It was like twenty bucks, so I couldn't pass it up. It's such a good well, album. Well, Roman, Roman Clark is on Hindsight. Oh, cool. Uh, he's the drummer and a piano player. If and when there's piano, and you'll immediately recognize him in the backup vocals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's got that d- super distinct quality. He's got a very identifiable, identifiable voice for sure. Yeah, so he's. I think you can really hear his influence in some of the grooves and some of like the. The just down and dirty riffs, right. like funk riffs and kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, hindsight, I love it. I was listening to it while I was making dinner, and it's just the, the song "Where Did I Go Wrong" is easily my favorite. Add that right now. Joy Landreth, uh, where did I go wrong? Wrong. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and then whiskey, like I said, I listened to that because it was a few days before it came out, and I was like, man, I'm just so hyped for this record. <laughs> Um, and then I'm just going to, I guess, maybe kind of quickly go through a few other things that I listened to. Sure. Uh, Enema from Tool. Ah, I haven't heard that in a long time. I know. We were talking about it. So, some friends of mine and I were talking about it. I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna rip Tool today. And it's just, it still holds up, you know? Right. And, and, and I also, like, kind of did a little picking and choosing of other Tool songs that day. Just like your greatest hits for myself. Right. My favorite songs. So I listened to a few other things, but um, yeah, it's just still they're 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 so powerful. Such so such like a it's like industrial, but also not. I don't know. It's the the riffs, just riffs yeah. on riffs on riffs. Yeah, it's that <laughs> industrial metal type stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of pushed me into uh, the band Royale with the song. They released a new single as well called "Loose Lips Sink Ships." Yeah. Um, did I send you that? You did, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, it's yacht metal. Yeah, and I think we've joked about yacht metal before, but it's it's definitely a real thing. It is, and it's cool. <laughs> it's so cool, and it like how do you how what is yacht rock? It's like yeah. Steely Dan plus Smashing Pumpkins, right? Right. Um, so you add a little extra metal on top of that, and you've got the band Royale. <laughs> Great musicians all around. They're they're just yes, fantastic. Yes, for sure. So they listen to their um, their new single, "Loose Lips Sink Ships." Uh, Stranger things have happened. Uh, is like a it's like a short EP. So I, I checked both of those out. Right. Um, now let me ask you this: Are you familiar with the band Elbow? I've heard of them, but I've never really checked them out. Okay, Elbow. Uh, I have two. <laughs> <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Elbow is from England. Okay. And they, they've they been around for a long time. I, I don't know what I would really call them. Like alternative indie rock, probably. Um, but they have a very unique sound mm. that is is really unlike a lot of other bands, I think. Right. Um, and they are one of those bands that's also really huge everywhere but America. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of weird when that happens. But um, they're... <laughs> When I first kind of came into them, it was 2008, maybe? 2007, 2008, give or take. Right. Um, and looking them up, reading about them, they were. I realized how big they were when I saw that Coldplay was their opener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that'll give you a little, 
a little heads up right you know like well for one the kind of bands they roll with and two just how big they are right but they have this album called the seldom seen kid and it is one of my top 10 albums of all time Hmm. and i know of all time includes the future it will always be on my list right i i can't get enough of it it's it's masterfully produced like it's really sonically kind of has like some elements like the deer hunter where it's really theatrical in some places and you hear instrumentation that you don't usually hear on a rock band album right but um it's beautiful um fantastic composing like i'm not even going to call it songwriting it's straight up composing (laughs) um their singer is fantastic his name's guy carvey um it's just it's so so good and I have a hard time explaining the genre for that as well, but it's like kind of theatrical indie rock is how I would put it. It sounds up my alley, so I'm definitely going to have to check I it out. I think you would really like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the lyrics are great. Everything's great. Oh, and actually, um, what was that Peter Gabriel album from a little while ago with covers? It was all oh, covers. you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yes. Yeah. Um, the song, I think it's track, is it track three? I don't even know. Uh, Mirrorball okay. on that album is an elbow song. Oh, okay. If there's anything Peter Gabriel loves is weird music, so. But it's not even like not weird, but I mean like he loves like indie stuff, like stuff that's not your norm. Right. So if you've heard that album and you've heard that song, that's kind of his version. The original was from Elbow, and it's just oh god, is it good? Uh, Let's see. I already said the band Royale. Oh, Bad Rabbits. I was just scrolling through my my library, and I was like, you know, I haven't listened to Bad Rabbits in a long time. And they're just this, like, mega-produced dance-funk rock thing. Mm. And they're from the greater Boston area. They got pretty big for a while. Um, I, I don't... They're still active, but I haven't really heard a lot from them. Maybe because I'm not paying attention. It's entirely likely it's me. Right. Um, but they're, I think it's their first, like, proper LP. Their first full-length called American Love. Oh, it's just... It's party in a can. Like it's just if you want to friggin boogie down and like just instant party wherever you are, put on American Love. Nice, because it's it's got the funk, it's got just the riffs and the the great dancey beats and stuff. Nice, but it's all like really well produced. Like they're a band. Nice, you know, it's not just like a a production like from a studio or something. It's really really good. Right. Uh, Deftones Diamond Eyes came across my desk. Um, I I didn't get into Deftones till. It was, I guess, arguably too late, but I do really love that album. I've never really gotten and into them for whatever reason. I I don't know what it was. I was just like intimidated by them at first. They were uh, the same. Same they were goes like for Tool. Huge by the time I got out of high school, so that was yeah probably the reason why I was the rebel anti like popular music by that point. It, yeah, there's there's a few bands that were big at that time that I, I legitimately was just intimidated by right. and didn't and felt like it wasn't for me like I didn't I wasn't allowed <laughs> for some reason and Deftones was one of them Tool was another yeah and the other two were um, uh, Glassjaw and Nine Inch Nails and yeah. those are all hugely important bands it's weird like, I've come to really like later day Nine Inch Nails more than a, like earlier years Nine Inch Nails mm-hmm. I think I'm the okay. complete opposite of most people on that <laughs> Maybe it's because it's stuff that's it's a recency bias, like stuff that's come out recently. It's, it's got to do with when it comes into your life, too. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe at the time you weren't 
into it because it was just not it was too out there yeah. and now it's like now that you can listen a little more critically like that's happened to me yeah a, a million times um but yeah th- th- that's an awesome record uh also there i don't oh, i can't remember the name of the album it's on but the, remember their single minerva no okay I, it's oh shoot i have not been adding to the playlist uh i'll do it later <laughs> um they had this single i'm gonna add it now so i don't forget minerva Tones. Um, it's not on Diamond Eyes, but it is the song that I heard from them. It was after White Pony, and I heard it on MTV TRL or something, and was immediately hooked. Like they're known for their detuned guitars, like the really heavy, sludgy tones and like riffs that are just beyond low mm. tuning. Um, which again was one of those things that was intimidating, right? But that song is so beautifully melodical. Uh, uh, melodical? Melodic. Is that a word? I don't think so. Melodic? There we go. Melodic. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, full disclosure, I'm drinking whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking some seltzer water. <laughs> I had one of those earlier. I'm fine. It's, it, that song, Minerva, is just so gripping and beautiful. And there's like great, great dynamics. It gets really, really quiet and delicate. Mm. And then it explodes into this like soaring chorus. Oh. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, so a- after I was listening to Elbow, I was like, oh, man, I haven't, what else have I listened to since college? So I checked out False Cathedrals by Elliot. And I don't even know. I don't really know anything about them other than my friend Tyler got me into them because he was into them. He's like, oh, if you like these guys, we, we were talking about some other band. It's like, oh, have you heard Elliot? And that's, you know, the ethos of this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, no. And so he put it on, and I was immediately hooked, and I listened to it. And, man, it's just, it's a beautiful album. There's, like, like it's definitely, like, a post-rock, indie rock thing. Right. Um, spacey, experimental in some places, but also really heavy right. in other spots. Um, the name, big, the title of the album sounds really familiar. Their name doesn't, but... I was through post-rock phase quite a bit earlier this year, so there was a possibility I had checked it out and kind of spaced on the name. Could be. Um, it's just so good. And they were a, a big band for me at the time with Elbow and another band, Dredge, that I think we talked about previously. Right. Those those three were pretty important to me in college. They still are. Um, but yeah, they were just like... That, that False Cathedrals record is killer. Right. Um... I listened to Foo Fighters Concrete and Gold because I was just like, I haven't listened to Foo Fighters in a while. I'll have to throw that on. Right. It's obviously a cool record. It was a good one. Really can't go wrong. Um, Foo Fighters just release constantly yeah, good material. Constantly. Uh, and then I also realized another band that I never really got into was Gorillas. Yeah, I love the Gorillas. And I was like, I don't know anything about them other than the singles. Right. So I was like, I'm going to hit this uh, Essentials playlist on Apple Music. Mm. And it got me where I needed to be. It was great for like background music at work, but it didn't really leave a mark on me, I think. Yeah. The Gorillas is definitely it, one of those um, period bands for me. For sure. Like, yeah. their more modern felt, stuff is okay, but it's not. Everybody keeps kind of waiting for uh, Demon Dave's part two, but I, I don't think Damon Albarn's going to go down that path. He kind of likes to change things up every album, so. Mm hmm. Um, cause like I was watching, a what was it? A scary pocket. No, Pomplamoose, um, YouTube channel. And they did a mashup of, what is it? I kissed a girl and 
feel good ink. Yeah, that's an odd mashup. Oh man, is it good though? <laughs> oh god, is it so good? And I was like listening to the bass line, and they, the way they fold it back into "A Kiss to Girl" is like perfect. Mm. It's the ideal composition of that mashup. And I was like, you know, is there a better bass line? Like, obviously, don't don't email me. But like <laughs> in that moment, like I could not get enough of that feel good ink bass line. Right. And I was like, you know what? I gorillas deserves me to check them out. Yeah. Like I. I, I owe them that. <laughs> their 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 quintessential album is their second album, Demon Days. Um, mm-hmm. That's where like ninety percent of their singles come from. Um, the first album is good. But that's where Clint Eastwood comes from. Um, yep. And then Plastic Beach is their third album, and that has half of the Clash on it. And it's that's when they finally came out and were like, okay, we're kind of done being a fake band, kind of like animated, and they just tore it as themselves for the first time. And yeah. uh, Mick Jones from the Cla- the guitar player from the Clash, and Paul Simonin, the um, bass player from the Clash, were on the album, and it's a I did not know that. Yeah, it's absolutely a fantastic album. I think it's probably my favorite of theirs. Um, cause it, it hits a little bit more, um, live instrumentation as opposed to, mm-hmm. uh, production and stuff like that. Um, every track on that album is pretty much solid. You've got the, the videos are great. They're definitely like one of those like video bands and stuff like that, but yes. And I was watching some videos and I was like, these are cool. God, this, it really was the era of videos. Yeah. Was- it's weird how that like. I can't think of any other way to put it, but that was it. You know, the video was so huge. And nowadays we're into like the lyric video thing. Right. But on YouTube, but um, yeah. Yeah. So then. And it's kind of sad that we don't have music, solid music video. We, we get good ones, but they're not that creative anymore for the most part. Well, yeah, I agree. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to the type of popular music mm. at the time um, and how music is being consumed. Right. So. I just watched the the CNN documentary series on the 2000s, and they they kind of covered, you know, P- Napster and piracy in general. Right. And when when iTunes came out, you know, we went from a album model to a singles model, and someone like their example was Avril Lavigne, and um, she sold some you know X records basically for that first thing, and then her second record came out and only the singles sold by like you know by a factor of 10 right or something like that it went from like i don't know like millions of records to hundreds of thousands you know it was it was much much smaller right because of how so i i think um with a singles culture and like as a as a musician we're constantly talking about like oh we want to record we want to put out an album but realistically putting out a single makes more sense today oh, which sure. i i don't love but it it does it's kind of music's gone it's cycled a, back to sorry to cut you off music's no you're right though it's gone back to like it's, a 50s early 60s cycle where it's all about the pop single um and if a, yeah. an album is just sort of there to sell more make more money like it, right and now it's streamed yes. and stuff like that so like, well, right, and people can make their own playlists of just all the best singles they want. That's what and, I keep doing. 
Yeah, and but it's tough because like I want to all the songs that I write, I care deeply about, right? And I want to put them on a record. People talk about like, uh, oh, the song's just filler, or oh, it's a deep cut. But like, someone took the time to write, produce, record. Like all the same work went into that as the single. Oh, for sure. Uh, especially when you're kind of a band at our level, it's you're not working with other writers to make a single. So it's I don't know. It's a little bittersweet because like obviously yeah i want my music heard but i want the whole album heard right you know yeah i'm definitely so, two anyway. minds on that one yeah it's anyway um lastly and i, I saved this i kind of went out of order from what i listened to yeah. the week but i saved this for last because i kind of wanted to segue with your stuff a little bit um i listened to phoenix texas phoenix tx, TX. i guess yep, phoenix, TX. tx um lechuza because i had come across them again from the punk rock mba youtube channel i am obsessed with that show <laughs> Th- I, thanks to you so am i yes so am i and that he was like oh you know phoenix dx why weren't they a bigger band right. and when i first heard the single threesome and it was like maybe a year ago long after they were really doing their thing yeah um i was like where has this been? Yeah. Why is why was this band not that big? And then flash forward to now, uh, and he's like, "What's the deal? Like wrong place, wrong time? Who knows?" Um, it's just it's a masterpiece of you know early two thousands pop punk punk rock stuff. Yeah, all that like some forty one um, all American rejects kind of era stuff. Mm. They fit right in. They were perfect with all of that. I think it, it by that point because you had. Blink, you had some 41, you had everybody and their brother was releasing a pop punk album at that point. And mm-hmm. Phoenix TX, for as awesome as they are, most of their stuff kind of just kinda settles in with the generic kind of pop punk stuff. But their singles really stand out. They do. They really do. Um, I listened to that, that single threesome a hundred times this week. Yeah. All My Fault was what I heard back in 99 when, I, when it first came out. And I was okay. like, why are these guys not much bigger than, than Blink is and stuff like that? Or as popular as Blink because they had yeah. the same... Everything was largely the or same. Even, like, even as popular as Sum 41. Yeah. Because like, I, think, I think Blink was always going to be as big as they are. Like oh, We sure. knew back then, I think. Um, and some 41, like they were a big deal. They had two really important records, maybe a third. I don't know, but they had two that really stick out in my mind. And I don't know, just Phoenix takes, I didn't hear about them until I was 30. Right. You know, like (laughs) I, I should have heard about them at the same time as all those other bands, but I somehow didn't. I think they just, so anyway, I just wanted to like touch on the, yeah, I think so. I just wanted to quickly touch on the Punk Rock NBA YouTube channel. Yeah, shout out to Finn McKenty. That dude is amazing. Oh, man, yeah. it's so good. He's so knowledgeable. So He's, good. like, watching his stuff, and I guess we'll, I can kind of fade into my, what I've listened to. Um, I listen to Periphery because of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have never, ever been, like, a metalhead by any stretch of the yes. imagination. Like, I, let me just jump in. I don't call myself a metalhead either. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still wouldn't consider like, myself a metalhead, but... Yeah, yeah. But, okay, but, just clarify. Yeah, but Periphery <laughs> is is metalcore, basically. Like, it's that... 100%. It's that yeah. whole mashup of metal and pop punk, and it mashes up really well, and Periphery just elevates it, because they've kind of got that... Oh, 
the I mostly listened to Hail Stan. I listened to the the, the, the mm-hmm. album before it didn't really hit me as much as Hail Stan did for whatever reason. Um, but there was just something about it. It, it kind of felt like it had that uh, like concept albums like it's yeah i love the story like this there's a story behind it i love the opening is like 16 minutes long it's like this big um opening it's statement almost, yeah it's and, like this monstrous and it's like in three movements yeah or something. it's fantastic like i showed my girlfriend and because she's a big music fan but she she's very she knows what she likes and she knows what she doesn't like and she's like i can her literal quote to me was i can appreciate what it took to make this but i'm not a fan and i would completely understand that because like she's like i understand that it's hard to sing in that style i understand that that takes a lot of practice and dedication i understand the musicianship behind it she's like it's just not for me um Mm -hmm. but i went from periphery and then just went on this huge metalcore kind of downfall from there um <laughs> listen to like the metalcore essentials list with like Avenged Sevenfold and mm-hmm. um other bands like that I didn't really kind of remember half their names um I just resubscribed to Sirius XM in my car because uh, I kept really getting tired of listening to really really shitty commercials on the regular radio um yes and I found the liquid metal station on XM, so I've been listening to that a little bit. Um, so Periphery was a big one for me, and then I kind of went down the the pop punk stuff, like the mid two thousands pop punk, like uh, Fallout Boy. Um, I, I oh, I, I, actually, I didn't even add it to the list, but I did listen to Fallout Boy's very first record, and that one's like more almost hardcore influence than anything else they've ever done. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. The second album is definitely you can see the their the the veering off into we want to be popular and we're going to start going that way and it blew up. Well, but. did you watch did you watch Punk Rock NBA's video about how did Fall Out Boy get so big? I didn't watch No, wait, did I? I think I did. I know a lot of it had to do with um what's his name? Pete Wentz Pete and Wentz. how he wanted to to guide the band he kind of did like i think finn actually basically said it was like a startup he kind of treated it like a startup yes that's exactly what he said yeah that throwing reeling it back in Mm -hmm. the punk rock nba youtube channel is hosted by this guy finn mckinty and he just does this fantastic documentary style explanation of punk rock and and all of its associated or just even guitar music i'm just gonna leave it there like rock indie alternative new metal like metalcore every last nook and cranny of you know these sub 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 genre level stuff um and he does it really well he does it in a short and informative way that's like i'm gonna act as your gateway and he's not like gatekeeping or anything he's like i'm going to be your guide and i'm going to give you the 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 the, like kind of the the guidelines and here you go i'm gonna set you on a path and he's fantastic and so like he's got a video on like green day like everyone's heard of green right right and so the question is how did green day get so big that's a huge question yeah and so in that video he answers it and talks a lot about that scene you hear a lot of other band names that i certainly have never heard of yeah but it's enough to make you go if you're interested it's enough to make you go look those people up exactly and 
there you go like, and that just for all kinds of other bands so i watched his one on slipknot yeah. and fallout boy and it's it's fascinating stuff his new metal one and metalcore they're kind of almost synonymous with each other almost in a like they they kind of new, me- new, new metal, metal died out and metalcore kicked in like it was Ooh. just like this this weird kind of evolution into metalcore mixed with this like new metal died uh, pop punk kind of kicked back in and then metalcore kicked o- took over everything um, and mm-hmm. I think from there because he's he's not just like your average oh I just like metal and that's it he talks about a lot of stuff that he does like Taylor Swift and all this stuff but he talks a lot about the ethos of emo rap like the SoundCloud stuff and how those yeah. guys are kind of following in the footsteps of the the punk guys and they're just they're not finding bands so they're just releasing it on their own um on the soundcloud stuff um so i kind of went down that co- that a little bit and checked out uh little peep who passed away in 2017 drug overdose but that dude's life was really fucked up beyond belief um mm-hmm. And some stuff of his is still getting released, um, stuff that he had recorded before he died. And he has, oh, a, wow. he has a single that's out now that has uh, Fall Out Boy on it. And so kind of like bringing it all back in together, he was a huge Fall yeah. Out Boy fan. And after he passed and whatever, the guy that's that sings the chorus on the song, um, I'm blanking on it right now, but... Uh, From Fall Out Boy? Yeah. Uh, not Fall Out Boy, but there's another guy. I love McKinnon or something like that. Um, oh, okay. He is another SoundCloud rapper um, slash R&B singer. He is producing all of it, and he asked Fall Out Boy guys if they would be on it, Patrick and um, Pete, and they're on mm-hmm. it. And it's it's a fantastic, really fantastic, catchy pop emo rap song. It's really weird. Um, but He's been talking about emo rap in those videos, and I have not gone down that yet and yeah. i can't even figure out what he means by that so <laughs> you know? think of those uh i mean unfortunately to some degree dashboard confessional um who was a great band back in their day but definitely that emo oh what was me type stuff uh fallout boy kind of fall, fell into a little bit of that trap earlier on um my chemical romance that kind of yeah, I mean that type of stuff, yeah, but, but like just with rap. But rap, yeah, okay. So it's okay. It's, I mean, it, that's that's all it could have been, I guess. But I, yeah. I heard him say that. I'm like, that's is that a thing? That's not a thing. I didn't think it was a thing either, and I started looking it up, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh, it's it's all these guys, and it's emo rap is almost synonymous with SoundCloud rap. Um, so you've, well, because I've always heard SoundCloud rappers as like a, a pejorative, like it's a derogatory kind of people are like joking it into memedom oh you know? for sure it's like a it's and i i never bothered to give a shit about soundcloud so like me neither <laughs> i'm not gonna i mean that's i get a lot of my youtube channel music from soundcloud right but still like i just i never really give it the time of day right so i, I get onto soundcloud binges every so often there's a lot of really good um remixes on there from like the xx and all those indie instrumental type ambient bands um i knew that there was a lot of rap stuff on there but i just never checked it out and soundcloud rap is such a 
such a derogatory term. So I think they've tried to relabel themselves as emo rap to kind of get away from the whole SoundCloud thing. Um, but there's yeah. there's they're largely synonymous with each other, and okay. so the ones I checked out specifically are Lil Peep and Juice World, and, and World is W R L D. Um, his first album is Goodbye and Good Luck or something like that. It's fantastic. It definitely has that kind of indie rock rap feel to emo rock kind of rap feel to it. His second album mm-hmm. is far more rock uh far more rap and it wasn't wasn't feeling it but it's just it's kind of this interesting stuff of let's mesh all these different things that influenced us because they're definitely all these kids that grew up in the late 90s early 2000s so all the stuff that we talk about that we loved growing as teenagers and adults in late high school and college they were hearing it for the first time as like five or six year olds and they just fell in love with it as well and yeah which feels kind of weird but well i mean when someone identifies with music it it doesn't matter why exactly and it's that's kind of the whole angle behind finn's channel on youtube too is like you know if you if it if something inspires you to make music like fucking yeah exactly do it and it doesn't matter if it's if it's hardcore, if it's punk, if it's emo rap, if it's metal. It's like if you're doing it, something that you love and care about, and you know helps you express what you need to express. Yeah. Then then you win. You you've done it exactly. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. That's that's the best, and that's that's why I love that channel so much. I think, Same. like you said, he's not gatekeeping. I didn't mean to like derail. No, that, no, but. no. It's, it it totally follows up with kind of where I was going with it because that's that's totally his thing. Is like. Being trying to be super positive about things, how anything that makes you feel creative is good. Like mm-hmm. it might not be considered good by the mass, but if it connects to you, who gives a fuck? Just listen to it. Right, and it's if you're not a creative person, then that's fine. But yeah. it's like if you're if you're connecting with this this music yeah. or this artist for whatever reason, that's the thing. Like. Who cares if, if someone doesn't like it? If it sounds good to you, it is good. Exactly. And, and I try to live by that. Yeah. And it's just like, there, there's no, I think especially with music, there is no sense in gatekeeping. Exactly. And, and that's kind of a, I think it's kind of a newer term for this sort of thing. But if you're not familiar with what I mean by that, but gatekeeping is like, um, like someone very new to a hobby, a veteran might feel like they are not, they shouldn't be allowed in worthy enough right like oh you didn't cut your teeth on you know on whatever whether it be comics mechanical keyboards or comics or you know or deep cuts of album or of bands you just found right you know there will be people like oh well i've been a fan since forever like great well i've been a fan since today right and i love what i'm hearing it's like so like why wouldn't you want more people to talk to about that thing that you love i don't i've never understood the whole gatekeeping idea i don't either and it's just like sharing like if someone came to me and was like hey i never really listened to it before but jimmy world's really good i would be so thrilled right you know to be like oh come with me yeah (laughs) Okay, you've heard the middle. Yeah. Let me take you down this nice, deep, dark rabbit hole of all these yeah. amazing other things they've released. Because while the middle is great, there's an entire world that they've created. Like, it's just... Yeah. I don't understand that. I knew a lot of people that were like that in high, in college. And 
like, oh, I got into the Gaslight Anthem first. And I was like, who gives a fuck? Nobody's heard of them apart from the four of us. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, right. And, and then I think those are also the people who are very quickly to say someone is sold out. Right. But, like, yeah, I agree. It's If someone comes, like I said, if somebody comes up to me and is like, I, I, I don't know if it's the, the case for singles. If someone, like, because everybody's heard the middle. Right. But, like, if someone says, hey, I just happened to hear this song Polaris right. or you know um hear you me from jimmy or oh, these sort of songs. mid mid album songs that don't get radio play yeah and oh and i loved it like that's that's the moment where you're like oh, i want to share this with you i want you to enjoy something as much as i enjoy exactly it. and you can like connect with someone over that like don't gatekeep don't be a jerk right <laughs> it, it never made sense to me and that's it's and that that leads me into one of the other things I listened to, which was the Grateful Dead. Well, um, it was Record Store Day a couple weeks ago, and there was <laughs> Record Store Day is never when I think it is. No, it's it's always the weirdest <laughs> times. Sometimes and I don't I'm have any busy. money. Like, sometimes I do. <laughs> I only hear about it either the day it's happening or the day after. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I looked through everything. There was really only the one thing I wanted, and it was Grateful Dead. Um, and it was uh, this set call. Uh, Warfield. I don't. I, it's been a while since I've actually looked at the record. I got it opening the day that it, I got it, found it, bought it, came home with it, listened to it, and it's all an all acoustic set. Um, hmm. But the reason why I, I, I bring around the whole not gatekeeping thing is because for the most part, the Grateful Dead fan base is one of the most welcoming fan bases because of how in depth they have a recording base for. Um, mm-hmm. Excuse me. There's like 2,300 live albums that they've recorded. Like Jesus 23 Christ. concerts. That's... Like it's ridiculous. And it's funny because you're like, well, everybody's heard Scarlet Begonias 14 times. Like it can't get any different. And yet every night they made it different. Like yeah. they just they did different things. They were a jam band, but they weren't. Like so, if you go into any Grateful Dead place, they're You'll get some people that are like, oh, well, have you heard this deep track? And it's like, no, I haven't. And they'll kind of make fun of you for it. But then the large bulk of it, I want to say about 95% of it, is very much, well, you're new to the fan base. Here, come on in. Let me let me show you the top 40 live sessions that's on archive.org so you can listen to them. And they're just one of the most welcoming like fan bases i went to a bob weir who's their guitar player I went to a show of his back in november and they're like oh have you ever seen any dead related thing before and they're like i was like no no like this is my first time i'm a kind of a new convert and they're like you're gonna be amazed like they just welcomed me and they basically gave me a big like virtual hug and said hey welcome that's aboard. awesome um actually it kind of reminds me a little bit when i was on vacation in europe we had the opportunity to go see Joey Land. Right. And Beth was with me, my wife, and, you know, she's heard me play the record in the house while I'm cooking dinner or, you know, just putting around. Um, and we, we go to the show and she was kind of there. Cause like one, we're on vacation and it was nighttime. What else is she going to do without me? Kind of thing. Right. We were together. So like, um, and first of all, the whole audience was like all guitar dorks. So. <laughs> But um, I was like, no, I think you'll really like it. I think, like, she knows some of the songs just from, like, by proxy. Right. But um, I was like, I think you'll really, I think you'll get it kind of once it's going on. 
and then it comes out plays this outrageously good set and we leave and she was like that was amazing like i i get it now kind of thing right and i was like it was one of those shows where i think everybody walked out of there just like so satisfied and like it made me feel like now <laughs> i sound like a freaking commercial in the 90s <laughs> now that's music right you know, like everything else I've been listening to is trying to do this. Right. And it was, I think, you know, we've been to, you know, humble brag, we've been to plenty of big concerts right. and seen plenty of amazing live shows. But that one had this thing where it was like super intimate and you could see that this person is up there making music. Right. Uh, out of just thin air. Yeah. And it, it probably mostly thanks to the venue because we were so close and it was like you could practically reach out and touch him from anywhere in the room right it felt way more real yeah and i think that's what connected with her the most and she was like that was incredible and i wasn't going to be like yeah well you're not allowed to listen to it right. because i've been listening to it longer like no i'm, I'm so jazzed that she was into it's it like, and every everyone there was having the same like the whole place was all connected yeah. together because we're like, we love this song, yeah, you know. Right, and that's the thing. Like I, when I took Taylor to go see the Bob Weir show back in November, and she's she was never a Grateful Dead fan. She's never really listened to them. She just is very similarly heard me playing them around the house. Um, knows it's very relaxing. Knows that it really has connected with me on a very deep level and really has helped a lot with my anxiety and my depression and like I could be having the worst day I'll put a Grateful Dead track on and I just am instantly lifted and so she knows like that's that's them for me and she was pumped yeah. to go because she's like I can't wait to see it plus we were in uh, this I can't remember which theater it was but it was like a really intimate place in Boston and she got there. She was like, I know even less than he does about the Grateful Dead. The audience was super welcoming to her, too. They're like, oh, you should check out this. You should check out that. And as soon mm -hmm. as it started, like, she just fell in love. She's like, I really love the atmosphere. There's the people around us were really nice. They were funny. Even the people that were walking in front of us to go out to go to the bathroom or to get a beer or whatever. Like they were just really genuinely nice people. And she came out of there and she's like, I am a Bob Weir and Grateful Dead fan now just because of that one like experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Word of the wise lesson learned the moral of the story. Don't, Don't gatekeep. gatekeep. Exactly. Share your thing. Yeah. It's fun sharing. Sharing is caring. Exactly. So that was largely Gosh. it. We got the great. We got Lady Gaga's Joanne album on vinyl. Taylor loves Gaga, as do I. I was never a huge fan of Joanne. Taylor fell into it deeply. Um, it hits her on a very different level. As soon as I kind of went down to her level to listen to it, it really hit me as well. Um, mm -hmm. Super great record on vinyl. And then the band Talk Talk, which were. Um, they were an 80s new wave band initially and then ended up kind of like the precursor to Radiohead, basically. Oh, uh, okay, uh, and cool. And Laughingstock was the album that, that just, it's super intimate, jazzy, quiet, like sparse, yet filled with all this stuff. Even the silence is, speaks volumes in it. It's just a really great mm -hmm. track album. I can't recommend it enough, but... That's a lot of, of what, what I listen to is really just just kind of falling down rabbit holes. Yeah, I mean that's 
that's that's why we're here. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I'm going to issue you a challenge. Okay. Can you put together for me, and I guess for anyone listening also, uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Put me together a a Nick's top ten Grateful Dead. Okay. Because I don't know anything by the Grateful Dead. I know sure. what is it? Truckin. Truckin. Like, yeah, that's, Casey Jones, that's, Truckin, and a touch of Grayer. Like they're big three. I know Truckin, and that's probably it. Uh, Casey Jones is high on cocaine, taking that train high on cocaine. Casey Jones, blah, maybe. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and then Touch of Grey was their big song in the 80s. Okay. Well, I, I might know it and just don't know the name. Yeah. But, um, yeah, give me a, a highly curated Nick's list okay. of sure. Grateful Dead. Sure. <laughs> That'll take me a bit, so, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely. That's fine. I'll, I'll like, like, to... yeah, I would prefer it to be like your, you know, cream of the crop kind of thing. So. Sure. Anyway, I think that covers it, yeah. then, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a busy past noise. couple of weeks for noise, 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 <laughs> noise. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yep. Um, oh boy. Oh, I actually I know what we're going to talk about next time already. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Another one of my top records of all time forever and in the future. But um Yeah, so anyway, this is uh this has been episode 7 of Shuffle Along. Uh-huh. And if you like what you hear, let us know. Let us know what you might want to add. Um if we ramble too much and you find us annoying, find a nice way to say that, I guess, and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> and um uh, check out the playlist in the show notes. There's going to be an Apple Music and a uh, Spotify playlist. Sure, sure. With uh, the 19 tracks that we talked about today. Excellent. And <laughs> yes. you can find it linked off from the Anchor site or shuffleallpodcast.com. Sweet. Woo. Cool, man. All right. Well, uh, I always forget to do this, but uh, I have been Derek. I am Nick. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.